Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Magazine, broadcasting today from Agreco Studios. Agreco, powering the Permian. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. Welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto, and today we have a great show lined up for you. We will be joined by David Dicker with the Greco. He is the head of field operations of North America. You know, Greco is the company that is leading power generation in the oil and gas industry. It's definitely an interview you don't want to miss. But first, let me tell you about an upcoming mixer that Shell Magazine is having in partnership with the San Antonio Pipeliners Association, set for December the 3rd from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at the Omni Hotel in Corpus Christi. This will be a sold-out event. You don't want to miss it. Some of the things that you can get from attending this mixer is a unique opportunity to view exhibitors' booths as well as to network and grow your awareness for your brand. Your ticket entrance will give you an individual ticket, which will allow you entrance as well as appetizers, a drink ticket, and an opportunity to win plenty of door prizes, and the grand prize would be a smoker and a rifle. You definitely don't want to miss it. For more information, go to shellmag.com. That's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com and purchase your tickets now. Once again, this will be a sold-out event, so you don't want to miss it. October the 3rd from 6 to 8 p.m. in Corpus Christi at the Omni Hotel. Hey, have I told you about TEAK? It's Texas Energy Advocates Coalition. It's one of the fastest-growing advocacy groups in Texas. What can you gain by joining? It is designed to grow awareness for your brand, network, and of course, advocate for oil and gas. If you support oil and gas in Texas, this is an organization and a group that you definitely want to join. If you sign up now by going to TX energyadvocates.com. Membership for this organization is free until December 31st, so don't wait. After that, there will be a fee to join the organization. Once again, to join the fastest growing Energy Advocates Energy Chamber, just go to txenergyadvocates.com. Once again, that's txenergyadvocates.com and grab a free membership before December 31st. And now it's time to bring on the editor of Shell Magazine, David Blackman. David, welcome to this week's show. We have an exciting show to talk about our segment. Um, We have some really amazing news. The Port of Brownsville had some big news this week. Three LNG export facilities were approved all at the same time, but by the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission. Now, that's unprecedented, isn't it? Because we have not had an LNG exporting facility. We've had, what, a few, but to see three all at once approved? Right. Well, it's just a confluence of timing of the three permits that uh, were submitted by the operators, the proposed operators, which is uh, Anova LNG, Rio Grande LNG, and Texas LNG. all at once, three in one day, it's totally unprecedented. I think we've only had nine or ten previous LNG export facilities permitted in total. And to have three in one day is rather amazing. And to have them all at the same port, which currently does not have a, an LNG export facility, the Port of Brownsville, boy, there's going to be 
some incredible activity going on in the near future down there in Brownsville. Oh, I can imagine. And, you know, that port was very, very excited about the possibility of one LNG and, you know, to see three and see all of the growth and activity going on. And they're good for them. I'm excited for them. The EIA now says that the United States has become a net exporter during the month of December, something that no one could have imagined taking place just a few years ago. Let's talk about what happened and why is this so important for our country? Yeah, you know, uh, just uh, four years ago this month, uh, the export of crude oil uh, in the United States that was produced in the United States was actually illegal unless you had a specific permit issued by the Department of Commerce. Uh, we, we got a bill passed in December of 2015 that uh, reversed that insane policies left over from the 1970s. Right. And since then, uh, it has been an incredible uh, geometric progression in the total volumes uh, exported out of the United States. And of course, at the same time, we've had a, an amazing increase in overall U.S. production that has completely changed our energy security picture here in the United States. And and so, yeah, we, we exported almost 4 million barrels of oil a day in, in September and imported less than that. And uh, suddenly we are a net exporter of crude oil. To, to give you a comparison, in 2006, the United States actually was a net importer of mm-hmm. about two-thirds of its daily oil production or daily oil consumption here in the United States. Now we're a net exporter of our daily oil Completely flipped around. Completely. It's, it's stunning. It's it's unprecedented. It's, it's uh, no one could have ever imagined this happening just like you said a few years ago. Uh, it was not in anyone's minds that this was even possible. And now here we are. Thanks to the incredible ingenuity of the oil and gas industry, the amazing development uh, at our port facilities, their their ability to export this crude oil, particularly at the port of Corpus Christi, but also at Freeport and Brownsville and the port of Houston and a couple of ports in Louisiana, it's, it's um, extraordinary. And, you know, also the thing to think about is if we had not looked at that ban and now we are exporting more than we're importing, like you said earlier, we would be still very reliant, obviously, on all these other countries. And looking at the recent couple of years and a lot of the turmoil that has happened in other countries that we had really an oil stake in, thinking about would the situation be a lot different if the United States having to have a different outcome than what we've seen so far of not getting involved in conflict because the need really isn't as great as it has been in the past. You know, right. and, and I think about that's important to say because we have a lot of listeners that really are not in the inside track. They don't quite maybe understand how these things really affect them in a in a global way, in a security, national security way. But this is one great example. It's also it's also the price of gasoline. Um, yes. Just mm-hmm. remember it's only been September when Iran launched those missile attacks at the Saudi oil facilities a clear act of of hostility uh, by their military, and it's been proven that Iran did launch those attacks. Um, The United States, five years ago, six, seven years ago, when we were importing still almost half of our energy needs, and a lot of it coming from the Middle East, the, the United States would have had a very compelling national security interest 
in intervening in that conflict between those two countries. Uh, this year, when it happened, uh, President Trump was able to say, you know what, uh, we're not going to respond militarily, and uh, we're just going to increase sanctions and, and go on, and nobody got killed. Uh, no U.S. military service members ended up having to go into an armed conflict. And that's thanks, folks, that's thanks to your domestic oil and gas industry and the public policy that enabled this. And we all should keep that in mind. Uh, and, of course, the other side of it is we'd also uh, be paying $4 a gallon for gasoline or more. So um, it's really important stuff. And it is. We should all keep that in mind. It is, you know, and then there's also the fact that, like, environmentally speaking, keeping it in the ground here, we're not going to do it here. Well, we're going to be getting it from <laughs> somewhere on the planet. Yeah. So if we all live on one planet, you know, we've got to look at it from a global perspective, and it means that we're going to be utilizing these this commodity somewhere in the world. Why not it be from the United States? And so let's switch gears a little bit because, you know, a lot of our listeners, everybody knows OPEC. They hear OPEC. But there's also OPEC plus countries, and they'll be meeting in Vienna in a few days to discuss extending their export limitation agreement. Uh, do you expect any surprises coming out of this meeting? And, and discuss the differences just real quick between OPEC and OPEC plus. Sure, yeah. So... The OPEC plus nations uh, include all the member countries of OPEC, uh, the Saudi Arabia and Venezuela and, and all the Middle East countries and Nigeria. Uh, it also includes, uh, they've, they've structured this deal along with Russia and Mexico and a few other non-OPEC members uh, in order to try to control uh, the amount of crude oil on the market. They entered into their initial deal three years ago this month. Uh, with a target of, of raising the price of crude, which was then stuck, uh, the Brent price, the international price, was, was then stuck in the mid-40s. They wanted to get it up to about, their target price was between 65 and $70. This week it was trading at about 63 so they've been pretty successful in, in getting it up in that level and keeping it there. And, and so, yes, they're meeting at the end of next week to either renew that thing or actually uh, with its current production levels or actually make some additional cuts. I think there will be additional cuts, frankly, in the exports of some of these countries agreed to because there is a general consensus that the, the market is slightly oversupplied. So I expect them to cut a few hundred thousand barrels a day out of their quotas uh, at this next meeting. Very interesting. You know, it, it's so important that when we think about how the United States looks at energy, oil and gas specifically, that, you know, it is not just a United States point of view. And obviously, when we're talking about all these other countries and how to balance the price of oil and how that reflects to the average consumer at the gas pump, I think the picture that we paint every single week starts emerging that you really need to know about these things, folks, and you really need to understand the basics of it. And of course, this is why we're here. And of course, we want our listeners to email us any questions you have. David, our experts, uh, we're here to answer questions. And again, you can email us at radio at shellmag.com. Again, that's radio at shellmag.com. David, thanks for an amazing segment. You really put things in a way we can understand. And I look forward to having you back next week. I'll look forward to it. 
Hi folks, Alvin Bailey here. Did you know Agreco is proud to sponsor In the Oil Patch Radio Show? Agreco has served Texas oil fields for over 10 years, supporting producers with temporary power to get their product to market. When utility power is not available, Agreco is your reliable alternative. They service everything from pump jacks with a single 200 kilowatt unit to massive gas processing facilities requiring 50 megawatts or more. Agreco is your dedicated engineering partner for diesel and natural gas generators, as well as battery power solutions. Call Agreco today at 1-800-AGRECO. That's 1-800-A-G-G-R-E-K-O. Farmers and ranchers are the hardest working people on earth and deserve a side-by-side vehicle that works just as hard. That's why Yamaha makes the Viking an all-new Viking 6, the world's first true three- and six-person UTVs assembled in America. Ranked number one in drivetrain durability, Viking outworks and outclasses the competition in features, comfort, and off-road capability. For more, visit YamahaViking.com. Most dependable claim based on a 2013 Yamaha Source side-by-side owner study. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is David Dickard, who is the head of oil and gas for the Americas for Agreco. And David, I'm really excited to have you back on because this week we've been doing these wonderful series to help everyone understand a little bit more about oil and gas and, of course, the, the partnership that Agreco has made in the commitment to the oil and gas sector. And I'm really excited that today we're going to start talking about alternative fuels and how they are playing their part in the oil and gas sector, and so is Agreco. So let's get started with tell me a little bit about alternative fuels, specifically in the way of how is the energy sector utilizing these for their benefit, and then, of course, how does Agreco come in and uh, play into that? Typically, everybody likes to use diesel, and the reason they like to use diesel is because it's fast, it's easy, um, it's readily available, it's proven technology, all those good things, and um, normally, um, whenever a producer needs uh, power for their artificial lift, Nine times out of ten, it's not something that they were foreseeing that they needed. So sometimes it comes up in a bit of an emergency-type situation. So uh, the ease of using a diesel generator and diesel is just the way things operate, and it gets it kind of off of their plate, and, and they move on to, to, to focusing on the, the production of oil. What we've tried to do um, and to support the industry with getting more efficient and more environmental is developing systems that we can utilize alternative fuels because that's where the impact to the environment is a positive, more positive, and that's where the efficiency is more of a positive. So we focus on using the field gas, the gas that's coming out of the, the uh, ground with the oil and the water. We have engineered and designed systems that can use that gas to capture straight it straight as a stream. We capture it, no treating whatsoever. We take it just as it is coming out of the ground and we utilize it. Um, the other thing that um, we're seeing from an alternative fuel standpoint is the use of CNG and LNG and being able to adapt systems and engineer systems that can utilize CNG and LNG. And the, the, the challenge with all three of these is the ability to use this fuel exactly like diesel fuel, where it's 
it's uh, easily, it's readily acceptable, um, uh, and it just kind of flows, so it's not very cumbersome to utilize that fuel. It's taken a number of years to get us that point. So our business is focused on designing solutions to make it easy to utilize alternative fuel. So that's that's. Well, David, though, it's interesting because you're looking at it from how to use it to benefit the operator, but... I also want to switch gears and talk a little bit about the environment as well. Tell me a little bit about when you're out at the rig sites, um, there's certain fuels that have to be taken into consideration because there can be hazards if they're highly flammable. And not to mention that natural gas, uh, LNG, um, and uh, CNG, they are just better fuels. And so when when you see a company taking uh those type of, of fuels versus the diesel, who may not may not burn so clean, but still it truly is a great fuel because it's not highly flammable. These things really do have one, a safety factor attached to them, and then, of course, the cleaner burning for the environment. So tell me a little bit about what you think, uh, how you guys are working with these alternative fuels to benefit the environment. Right. Well, you're right. I mean, um uh, the systems are engineered to safely operate these types of fuels, um, and uh, uh, just as you know, diesel, uh, natural gas in a CNG form or LNG form or field gas, uh, whether it's coming straight out of the ground, uh, these are all safe fuel alternatives, and their safety is built within the the products to make sure that uh, uh, that you don't have any issues. You know, um, there's a lot of environmental impact that you don't readily think about with uh, using diesel fuel. Number one, you have to transport it. So you have trucks on the road. Uh, you're increasing traffic on the highway. Uh, the other thing that you have to think about with diesel fuel is we have to control to make sure we don't spill it, right? True. So if you have a release with CNG or field gas, the the... the it just goes into the environment. There is no cleanup, uh, and these systems have safety uh, built around it, so you don't have to worry about any type of relief being a safety impact. So from an environmental standpoint, whenever we can utilize these alternative fuels, especially field gas that's readily available right there at the pad, you, you have a big impact to the environment. No spills, uh, you get trucks off the road, uh, and uh, it's, even, it's more cost-effective. A lot of people, I think the perception is because it's oil and gas, um, you know, especially people who tend to lean more towards this is a, a, a negative to the community, even though we all use it every day and you have to to sustain, quite frankly, just life itself. But the energy industry is truly converting and using and taking advantage of a lot of different types of great alternative fuels, like you said. Um, in really becoming more energy efficient as well as cost effective. But David, we do have to take a quick break. When we return, I want to get back on the topic of alternative fuels. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. The vision of the Women's Energy Network is to be the premier organization that educates, attracts, retains, and develops professional women working across the value chain. Also known as WEN, our mission is to develop programs that provide networking opportunities and foster career and leadership development of women who work in the energy industry. 
Thousands of women are breaking ground in energy industry careers every year, and 4,000 of them are already members of the Women's Energy Network across our 14 chapters. Members receive exclusive access to mentoring, job boards, group discussions, member-only networking events, expert speaking engagements, and more. Join today by visiting womensenergynetwork.org slash Houston or call 1-855-390-0650. The Women's Energy Network, empowering women in energy. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing. Our digital advertising services include website, email, radio, video, and social media. Shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management. Visit our website, shalemag.com. Once again, that's shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G.com to learn more. Shale is your one-stop shop for growing your business. Pick up the phone today and call 210-240-7188. Again, 210-240-7188. Hi, folks. Alvin Bailey here. Did you know Agreco is proud to sponsor In the Oil Patch Radio? show agreco has served texas oil fields for over 10 years supporting producers with temporary power to get their product to market when utility power is not available agreco is your reliable alternative they service everything from pump jacks with a single 200 kilowatt unit to massive gas processing facilities requiring 50 megawatts or more agreco is your dedicated engineering partner for diesel and natural gas generators as well as battery power solutions Call Agreco today at 1-800-AGRECO. That's 1-800-A-G-G-R-E-K-O. And we're back. Our guest today is David Dickert, who is head of oil and gas for the Americas for Agreco. And David, before the break, we were talking about alternative fuels. And now I want to drill down just a little bit and talk about the technology that Agreco has that actually allows you guys to use the field gas, if you will, that uh, instead of basically using diesel, you guys are using actual gas coming straight out from the field. Tell me what you guys are doing and how is that benefiting the oil and gas sector? Right. So we've we've developed over the last couple of years, we've developed a number of technologies um, that uh, allows us to uh, reliably utilize field gas, and one of the one of the technologies that uh, we've developed is utilization of field gas with high BTU. Um, and uh, normally, uh, a BTU range of 900 to 1300 BTUs of the gas that that comes out of the ground is is usable. Anything higher than that. And you begin to have to you have to derate the engines that you operate, and it could uh, the gas is so hot it uh, deteriorates the engine and causes reliability issues. So um, normally in areas of the production field that have these high BTU gases, um, the producers have opted not to utilize the gas for power generation, uh, and they flare it. Um, because the treatment of that gas is relatively expensive. Um, So what we've been able to do is design a technology that will take the gas and it reduces the BTU content of that gas on site. Uh, It's very cost effective and it allows us to utilize uh, a more environmentally friendly type of fuel uh, reliably, so the producer gets the same amount of power that they need. They get it with the same reliability, if not better, than diesel. 
uh, and we're utilizing the gas so you don't have to flare it and you don't have to use expensive diesel fuel. So they're saving money, but and that's awesome, especially right now that things are so tight in a profit margin for them. You know, when we when a lot of the shell plays started, you would see flaring as you drove through Eagle Ford primarily uh, or the Bakken or there was just so much flaring going on. It caught a lot of negative media attention. And you just don't really see that anymore. It almost seems as though there's very, very little flaring that actually goes on, especially, um, you know, I am from San Antonio, as you're aware, and we have a home in Corpus Christi. And so we drive through there a lot. Today, literally, we may see one. Um, and so this practice has definitely caught on. Now, is this something proprietary to Agreco? It is. It's patent pending. Um, we've um, we've begun well, to— good job. Yeah, no, 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 good job. Yeah, thank Kudos. you. We've, we've begun to use um, that uh, here in North America— uh, as well as down in Mexico and South America. So uh, it's a very specialized application, and the conditions have to be right for it to be utilized. Uh, but when the conditions are right and you have that high BTU type gas, uh, the system works exceptionally well. It's so understated, David, how companies are meeting the challenges that the energy sector are experiencing. And it's these third-party companies, a lot of them, uh, they're not necessarily the big operators or the big service companies. They're uh, an independent service company that is coming up with ideas to meet a need that is they're seeing a problem. And any time that you can find a company, rather it's a Greco or any other company that is really looking at how do I uh, save and save them money, uh, with and create efficiency, but most importantly, take into consideration always the environment and right. the impact. And you don't, you do see it coming on a lot more now with companies. And I think that's important to point out that Agreco is one of those companies that is truly leading the way for the energy industry to be way more energy efficient, um, as well as of course uh, considering the environment. Right. So it's a win. It, it is a win, and and one of the. You know, we have our salespeople out in the in the industry, and and they're going and they're talking with customers uh, about uh, their needs coming up around power to support artificial lift and other areas. But one of the things that 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 these folks do is really ask a lot of questions around the challenges that these producers are facing because. We are trying to be as innovative as we possibly can to help the industry, um, and it's all around efficiency, helping the environment, reliability, uh, and then scalability. Uh, so we're constantly asking questions to producers of you know around the power. What are the challenges you're facing? And if you could eliminate this particular challenge within the area, what does it mean to mean to you? And then we go to work and we go to looking at uh, through our engineering group and we start designing things like uh, this uh, BTU reduction skid that we have now. And uh, uh, these things happen very quickly. So as we start hearing about challenges, we go to work, we put engineering in place, and we come back with solutions. Excellent. David, on that note, we do have to take a quick break. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is David Dickard with Agreco. 
David, uh, before the break, we were discussing how you guys have created a patent pending type of technology that really is starting to minimize uh, flaring uh, that we are used to seeing in the past couple of years with operators. Uh, But between the break, you and I got to speaking about the great environment in which Agreco really values their employees and the type of employees that you guys have on your team to come up with solutions for these challenges that that even the EMPs, the uh, operators, are are struggling with. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about what is a a Greco? If you come into an operator, what do you guys pride yourself on in your team of being able to come up with a solution? So we... uh we operate, we like to say we operate in a continuous learning environment all the time. And uh, the way our organization is set up is we're sector-focused. So we have um, technicians and operations managers and salespeople and engineers all focused within a particular sector. So like myself, um, all we deal with is upstream oil and gas. So we can become experts within upstream oil and gas um, so uh, from a technician standpoint, when our technicians step on the site in the field with the producer, um, they're basically just an extension of that producer's existing folks because we understand the industry from their perspective. So when we're having conversations with the producer on the site, it looks very similar to what type of internal conversations they're having. We know the same type of challenges they face. They know We know what they're trying to mitigate. We know the efficiencies they're trying to gain. And more importantly, we align with their safety protocol. So when our technicians step on site, uh, it's almost a mirrored image of, of the way that producer operates. Same way with our sales organization. When our sales organization walks in and sits down and starts talking with a producer or a client, we're not really trying to say, um, these are the products we have, would you like one? We're more talking about their business and we're more aligning to you know, what their future looks like and, 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 and what they're trying to accomplish. And then we begin to engineer on the backside of that from a power generation standpoint. Uh, process enhancement standpoint, uh, then we begin to go to work, and uh, we're just an extension of their organization. Right. Our engineering group works the same way. Our engineering group will collaborate with the producers' engineers, and together as a team, they come up with solutions. Uh, so um, we try to understand the industry uh, just like our clients do. We 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 uh, we try to understand the business protocols of our clients just like they do. And really, we just simply work as an extension of their business as we try to solve challenges. Give me an example of how you were able to, I don't want to necessarily mention an operator's mm-hmm. name, but tell me how you were able to come in and customize something that really worked for right. them that in which you utilize the best technology you guys right. have to offer. So we're going to talk about in another segment that's going to come up, we're going to speak on microgrids. And um, I'll give you an example. We, we, um, we had a producer, and, and we're basically just riding through a field um, one day. Our sales folks are out riding through a field, and they see all these diesel generators lined up on production pads. So we go in, and, and uh, the sales folks start inquiring about, why are you doing this? What's going on? And, and they had a bit of a, um, uh, a limitation on the utility grid that was built out in the area. 
because this producer was continuing to build out production platforms, they had um, uh, drop in voltage and they had intermittent outages within this utility line. Yeah, they were taxing that. Exactly. Utility. So uh, the field management was like, well, we need to go on generators. So they put some diesel generators out. They, they disconnected from the utility to limit the burden, and they started operating. So we sat down with them, and we started trying to understand why were they doing it this way. We were just trying to understand what the uh, the reasoning was, and the reality of it is, is um, uh, they were focused on production, not necessarily power. And when we were able and to, or efficiency and or efficiency, so when we were able to get involved with them, we were able to to collaborate with them and and show them a couple of different ways that they could uh, accomplish the same task more efficiently and uh, as as a better impact to their to their overall operation. So what we did is we found a location and that, that was producing a, a good amount of field gas. And where the utility line was, we basically uh, disconnected the fuses, put a, a small grid of power generators, pulled the gas straight off of the weld site, and uh, put them a... a Two megawatt system in place, and removed all the diesel generators that had on individual sites where they're having to deliver diesel fuel two or three times a day. Wow. And yeah. uh, so you get rid of all that. You get one central power station. You're operating on field gas, uh, and uh, away we go. Efficiency, right there. That's interesting because going back to the old beginning of the uh, shale patches, if you will, and. You saw a lot of flaring, and you saw a whole lot of generators everywhere. <laughs> and so I guess as uh, Agreco is coming on and, and customizing work that fits the need of each and every operator or midstreamer, um, it's definitely they're taking advantage of the efficiency as well as not to mention, the, of course, the, the cost savings of and, of course, uh, limiting the, the generators, which would be burning the diesel fuel. And so the emissions are definitely you're saving on that as well. Right. So good job. Well, we do have to take a quick break, David. When we return, I want to get back on the topic of alternative fuels. You're listening to In the Old Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Remember this name, Oilfield Experts, to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oilfield equipment needs. Oilfield Experts' specialty is those hard-to-find oilfield parts for your fleet maintenance needs, and we've been providing those parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us for the right part right now. Write down this number, Oilfield Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923, and visit us on the web at theoilfieldexperts.com. Plan your next meeting or event at Victoria College's Emerging Technology Complex, home to the state-of-the-art conference and education center, conveniently located between Houston and Corpus Christi. The center hosts meetings, educational workshops, and banquets for up to 300 people with the latest in technology amenities and ample parking. Let their professional meeting planners make your next event a success. For more information, go to conferenceinvictoria.com. Once again, that's conferenceinvictoria.com. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that will keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. Or you can call us, 
210-240-7188. Again, that's 210-240-7188. The Texas Alliance of Energy Producers has a rich and commanding history of fighting for the independent oil and gas industry. The Texas Alliance became a statewide organization in 2000 with the merger of two of the oldest oil and gas associations in the nation, the North Texas Oil and Gas Association and the West Central Texas Oil and Gas Association. Today, with more than 2,600 members, the Texas Alliance is the largest statewide association in the country serving independent energy producers and associated industries. Through our efforts in Washington, D.C. and Austin, the Texas Alliance is focused on a better business climate for you. The Texas Alliance has a staff consisting of highly experienced senior staff and supporting consultants serving our membership. Offices are located in Austin and Wichita Falls. Become a member today by visiting texasalliance.org or email us texasalliance at texasalliance.org. Farmers and ranchers are the hardest working people on earth and deserve a side-by-side vehicle that works just as hard. That's why Yamaha makes the Viking an all-new Viking 6, the world's first true three-and-six-person UTVs assembled in America. Ranked number one in drivetrain durability, Viking outworks and outclasses the competition in features, comfort, and off-road capability. For more, visit YamahaViking.com. Most dependable claim based on a 2013 Yamaha Source side-by-side owner study. And we're back. Our guest today is David Dickard with Agreco. David, we've talked a lot about alternative fuels that the energy industry is using. And through the show, I have to say that what I've picked up is that Agreco is definitely going to be there. You're going to make some some game changing type moves here. So I'm very curious, what is in the future for Agreco pertaining to oil and gas? Hmm. Well, uh, there's a number of things that that we're working on, um, and uh, I think one of the things that I can talk about now is, so what happens when natural gas is not available on a production pad? What happens when um, we need uh, generators operating on a production pad to uh, operate artificial lift stations, and that particular pad's not producing enough gas to run the generators? Um, what do you do today instead of using diesel fuel? So one of the things that um, uh, it's on the horizon and it's beginning to get more and more prevalent uh, is utilizing natural gas in a transportable state. Um, And uh, there's uh, a lot of really good companies out there today that is supplying CNG and LNG. Agreco is partnering with these uh, with these companies, and uh, we're uh, we're making that fuel mobile for the client, and we're wrapping uh, it all under one package. So, uh, picture if you will, if there's no overhead utility grid in your production area, right, and you've got all these individual generators uh, set up within a region. And maybe they're all burning got, diesel. They're all burning diesel. Maybe you've got 20, 25 of these generators out burning diesel. Picture being able to operate these generators, ideally just the way you're operating today, to where you're taking and, and making fuel drops at each one of these stations. But instead of using diesel fuel, you're using CNG or LNG, um, a safer fuel, uh, safer for the environment, uh, it's more efficient for the producer. It comes at a lesser cost. It's highly reliable. Uh, so we're beginning to see 
that form out and grow uh, a lot larger than it than it ever has. You know, there's an amazingly huge push for the awareness uh, to the community on the benefits of natural gas, and and we see it with municipalities changing their uh, big public bus systems into natural gas. Um, there's been a lot of changes that have been occurring because I think everyone is figuring out that right now natural gas is very, very cheap, but it's also such a great benefit because it burns cleaner than any other fuel out there. And so it's a great alternative to the traditional. And it's kind of strange to see, would you not agree? It's kind of strange to see that oil and gas are actually utilizing these alternative fuels, if you will, clean energy. They're producing it. It's coming out. They're capturing it, reutilizing it, repurposing it, if you will. Agreco is one of them that's doing that for the energy sector and utilizing and powering up these um, sites. It's amazing to see the transformation in just a couple of years uh, of how it's evolving so quickly to just be more uh, beneficial to the environment. And I think there's a huge push, too. I don't know if you've seen this, but I think there's a huge push, too, for really these operators to, they're very mindful of the environment Mm -hmm. and they're very uh, sensitive to how they operate these days. And they want to do business with companies like Agreco that are investing and saying, we're here to find a solution to take care of not just your needs, but also keeping in mind consistently the community and of course the environment. And how can we do these things safer, better, energy efficient and protect the community and the uh, environment as well. And, you know, with this, with this transport of CNG and LNG, um, um, today it's economical on a large scale, right? So if you need uh, truckloads of CNG at a drilling site, or you have a, uh, a site that you have a lot of demand from a power standpoint, uh, that's easy, right? So you bring in these big 40-foot trailers right. of CNG and LNG. What I'm talking about is taking that same efficiency to a smaller scale. So you have um, a lot smaller uh, usable source uh, that you don't need these big, large CNG trailers. You know, How do you replicate the use of that CNG, LNG, that natural gas on a small scale? And I think that's that's where we're going with it today, and it's it's going to look, and it is looking exactly like a, a, a diesel model, but it's natural gas. Right. I think everyone uh, plays a part in this uh, value chain, but companies, you know, when you see these rental places that have these these generators and they're just pushing them out, and that, to me, kind of reminds me of, it's still needed, I guess, to some degree, and they're still being utilized. But it also reminds me also if that's kind of old school. There's a better solution and better alternatives out there for operators to be utilizing. And while on the maybe on the front end it might run a little bit more, the cost savings on the long end, right. way different. Well, you have to look at the big picture, right? And um, there's a place for everything within this industry um, if you need to to rent a generator for power for a short period of time, um, that's one thing. Then, then that's one thing. 
But if you're needing a solution on a larger scale, on a longer term scale, you have to look at the big picture. And, and that's an Agreco picture. Right. So <laughs> as you begin to look at the big picture, a lot of things come into play. And uh, I think that's where you get around the solution, using all these different technologies, scaling these different products together. And it's really where you collaborate with the client and with the vendor to come up with the right long-term solution. And, and I think solution's a good word for it. I mean, you're, you're after a solution, not a temporary fix. Well, I have to tell you um, at the end of this show how really excited I am to see the industry itself is evolving so quickly, um, but it's doing it in the right ways. Uh, it's a commodity that we just can't be without, and yet they're finding the most efficient ways and green ways to do these, uh, to to do their work, and 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 it's it's everybody getting involved in it, including a great company like Agreco. But David, that is all the time we have for today. Look forward to having you on next week in studio again when we get to talk about microgrids. That's awesome. Thank you very much, and can't wait. And that's all the time we have. But be sure to like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com/slash in the oil patch radio show, or follow us on Twitter at shell mag if you are interested in keeping up with in the oil patch radio show or the latest issue of shell magazine you can do that it's free all you have to do is go to www.shellmag.com again that's s-h-a-l-e-m-a-g.com and sign up for our free newsletter that is going to wrap up another great show we'll see you next week with more exciting news and insightful interviews until then Adios. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.